That's like playing pretend with five-year-olds. Oh, that Spider-Man, he was just a clone. Did I just have a stroke? Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. I have tough skin, apparently. I did not know I had this power. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. What we did not know was that Nikolai Tesla was the original designer of the Fleshlight. Burn it. Make it. Do it. Makes us. Welcome, everybody, to episode 51 of the Trade Secrets Podcast. I got it right on the first try. Yeah. Look at that. It is, um, it is episode 51 of the Trade Secrets Podcast. We had our episode, uh, epic episode 50, which we're still trying to get off of the fucking recording device that we recorded it onto because Apple is a bunch of bullshit. Uh, and uh, today we are talking about Saga. Brian K. Vaughn, this was somebody's suggestion. Who's, was this your suggestion, Ian? No, it was, it was Joel's. It was, mine. Joel's it was not mine. Oh. It was Joel's suggestion. He'll just break your heart. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, this book started in 2012. It is uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples, and we will talk about that later. Uh, all of us were at Penny Arcade Expo this this last weekend. No, no, no we were uh, Oh, Andy Specs. didn't go. That's right. Um, Joel worked the whole yeah. weekend, which is yes, I did. It uh, was fun. Yeah, uh, Anne and I went and hung. Didn't really hang out with each other, but hung out at the con and Whee! did some shit. And I'm coming down with the con crud because that's what happens when you spend uh, 21 hours a day awake and at least 10 of that uh, drunk, w- uh, either half drunk or pressed into. The you know mass of humanity that is the Washington State Convention Center, as Micatron termed it, Damn the it. Ewok Village. Uh, carbonite. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Pressed into carbonite. Um, but yeah, we uh, we read we read Saga. We're talking about comic books, um, and as always, we'll start by talking about what we've been reading. And today, I'm going to go first because the last two weeks I've haven't really gotten to talk about the shit that I've been reading, and it doesn't really matter because I didn't haven't been reading anything new. So. I've got my I've got my books. Um, uh, the the ones that that really stood out to me this week, like Six Gun Gorilla number three came out, and that book is just phenomenal. Sizeburger, so good. Sizeburger so and Jeff Stokely, and it is just really really fucking awesome. And and it is so whack job out there. Um, East of West is getting really really good. I really enjoy that book by by Jonathan Hickman, and I don't remember the artist's name. Oh well, uh, but the one. The one that actually, there's two that that are on the bottom end. So we're gonna we're gonna delve into Luke hates everything territory. Um, <laughs> uh, is wrong podcast? Uh, no, actually, no, no. no everything. It's fine. Um, Revival. I love Revival. It's really good. It's clearly it's it's uh, it's clearly Tim Seeley's best work. Um, and uh, Mike Norton's artwork is really good in it. Uh, this latest issue makes zero sense whatsoever because it was this very strange, like, like bridge issue where they ended. They've kind of ended one storyline where there was a um, there was a group of guys who had uh, taken one of the revivalists, the people, the immortal people, and was basically cutting out. Uh, bits of his body and keeping him alive to sell the body parts to the people outside the, um, the area because they've become like this, you know, these like famous for, you know, they're 
Come see the man who can't die. Uh, And then, would you like a souvenir, sir? And they finish that storyline off, and literally the first two pages of the new issue were some were like the the two sisters that are the main uh, story, the main characters in the story, talking about the fact that one of the sisters murdered somebody in the last book. One of the guys that was that was trying to kill them, and then they burned the bodies, and now they're you know hiding their crime, and then. The rest of the issue is just this, it's like uh, some of the characters go on this weird triple date and there's like this weird story, side storyline with one of the kids and then, and it just, none of it really fits together and it it just felt really fucking. So it's not like starting a new arc. It's like, uh, random things yeah, now. Yeah, it's like, here's, here's a bunch of shit that we're putting together so that we can throw a punchline at the end that will hopefully kickstart a new arc type. And it, it just, okay. it failed. It didn't work. Uh, and the other one that I read was um, IDW's Thunder Agents, uh, which I guess is a, re- it's a revival of an old comic from, from like the 40s or the 50s. Uh, and it is... It should have stayed in the grave. Yeah, it's not good. It's just not good. And it's disappointing because... Um, IDW has some phenomenal books. Yeah. Notice I use the word some because like that's like ten percent of their stuff is great. Yeah, uh, there's that other ninety percent. Yeah, there's a lot of them. licensed stuff they do that's not good. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's just this one. It's just nope. It, it's and it's weird because it's it's not bad because it's just actively horrible, like something like uh, like Doc Savage, right? Was it's just it's just bad because it's it's non-existent. It's just it's. You, I read it. Non-existent plot. Non-existent I, character. Everything. It's, I it's read it mundane. and I could not tell you a damn thing about it. I don't remember what happened. I don't remember any of the characters. I remember nothing about this comic book. Less than like Super Truck and Boring Girl. Super Truck and Boring Girl. At least I remember Super Truck and Boring Girl. That's true. And that she had like armor made of some sort Truck. of mercury-like uh, substance that fell from the sky. I remember that. I thought it was Thunder another Agents? person. Doesn't matter. I had a memory related to Super Truck and Boring Girl. I do not have a memory related to Thunder Agents except for the cover. So if I asked you what percentage they actually got, you wouldn't know. Percentage what? The Agents. What? Sorry. Wow, dude. Yeah, come on. That was, that was great. <laughs> Percentage agents. No, they're agents for thunder, right? So, get a are they small particulates around which clouds gather? Anyway, <laughs> oh my god, uh, that that was probably less memorable than thunder agents. Okay. Oh, but it, thank God it's recorded for posterity. Yeah, okay. Hooray! Come on, they're uh, agents for the thunder. The only solution is to burn multimix. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm. I wish IDW had some better stuff. Uh, because I think they get some really good talent and they get some really decent, like some of their good books are really, really good. Like they do fucking lock and key, right? Which is mm-hmm. one of the best comic books on the market. Um, what about you, Anne? What have you been reading lately? Web comics. Uh, specifically, <laughs> all of them, no. Uh, I've, I think I already went on a rant about how Nomona is a great web comic and everyone should go read it all the time. Nomona is a great webcomic, and everyone should go read it all the time. It's it's by um, Noel. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Can you can you spell that for me? <laughs> well, uh, I think it's S U M Z Z. No, it's gingerhazing.com slash Namona. Um, gingerhazing.com. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, it's it's like a plucky fantasy adventure, but with really good world building. What's the dangerous thing that we're going to get hazed with? You're going to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I can have some sunscreen. No, no. sunscreen. No. Can, can I wear a big hat and glasses? No. Do I have to swim? The freckles. <laughs> the freckles. They do nothing. Um, anyway. Nimona, uh, super happy fun times with shapeshifters and good characterization and exciting art. Um, also, How Nick. How do you spell Nimona, by the way? N-I-M-O-N-A. Okay, cool. It's, it is how it sounds. Uh, Nick from Strip Searches site has some short comics on there and they're both highly amusing um in particular he has one called brothers which is it's a short story i can't really tell you how many pages long it is because he does use the web as a medium really really well like he has some sort of epic scrolling pages it's probably 10 clicks long for what whatever is that worth but Mm -hmm. um his art's real pretty too his art's pretty and his storytelling's really solid in that so I recommend checking them both out. Back to the, back to the old school webcomic, Anne. That's again. right. It's been a while. It's been a while. You used to be the the webcomic promoter on our show. And, and if you all are not reading Junior Scientist Power Hour, then your lives are miserable and sad. It sounds amazing. I don't I think Junior yeah. Science Beach Adventure Power fifteen minutes would make my life less sad. Okay, but it would be interestingly sad. Maybe if you let your girlfriend out of the other room every once in a while, then your life would be less sad. Start calling you Bluebeard. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody else talk. Wow. (laughs) Ryan has finished. No. And this is a show where we talk into microphones about stuff. Andy, what are you reading? Uh, So Fiona Staples, the artist for Saga, reminded me of another book that she worked on, a little thing called North 40. And I am sad because North 40 was fucking phenomenal. I reread it. There's only six issues of it. It's a small Midwestern town. And it's got... Uh, There's large mist- Midwestern towns. Oh, it's a, a super, there are large Mr. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, there's uh, this bubble that appears over the town and people can't get out or in. And Cthulian horrors sort of start taking over people's bodies. I was going to say, isn't so that like Lawrence, under the dome? Lawrence, Kansas... I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's Texas. Oh. Um, and sort of people are coping with the situation. And God damn, that book is good. We're going to read it for the show. One North days. 40? North 40. Uh, I'm just disappointed because now that she's working with Brian K. Vaughn on a Brian K. Vaughn book, that'll just crush my heart at the end. Uh, yeah, right. We'll, we'll get into that later. Uh, that's all I got. North 40 is like the only thing you've read? It's been a week. What do you want? For you to have read something. I read something. Okay. <laughs> well done. Achievement unlocked. <laughs> Joel. I read nothing. So I have one thing to put in here or to say in to your ears. Ben Affleck, Batman, Bat discuss. Um, my, my opinion, I'll, I'll say it's changed. I don't, I don't think it's, I still am not 100% convinced that, that, Ben Affleck is the right person for the role. However, 
um, last week when we brought this up, we all had our knee-jerk reactions because we all had just heard about it, like that minute. Um, and our knee-jerk reactions, of course, were like, flick, um, bad flick is bullshit. Yeah. And upon discussion and reflection, I'm not... I'm not convinced he's the right person for the part, but I'm also not convinced he's the wrong one anymore. Um, Potentially I, less awkward than George Clooney. Yeah. Has I mean, seen Argo? He's got to be better than... I have not yet. I haven't either, and there have been a lot of like Argo beard jokes happening, and I, I'm not getting them. A bad beard. That'd be a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah I just... I think that... Uh, like, they want a Batman who's older, so, you know, Affleck's in his 40s, so they get... <laughs> Uh, and an older what? Why is that so funny? No. Sean Connery is Batman. I, I, I just <laughs> flashed to like other other characters that like have a different actors playing the same character over and over, and the ages can change fairly wildly. Yeah. So I'm like, clearly we need David Tennant as Batman. <laughs> <laughs> oh Someone god, hit her with something. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I don't know. But what? I mean, I think he's not a bad actor. Like, you can't... He's been in some bad movies, but Affleck is not a bad actor. He's not an actor. It's it's not that he's a good actor or a bad actor. Ben Affleck is Ben Affleck. I, so, yep. I actually disagree with that. I think he's been... I I think he's got more range than Tom Cruise. Well, hey, like, Tom Cruise was good in Oblivion. Yeah, I thought, thought he was too, but he was Tom Cruise in Oblivion. I thought he was good in Minority Report as well, but he was Tom Cruise in Minority yeah, okay. Report. I see your point. <laughs> He's like Keanu so, Reeves, the one note yeah, sci-fi like, actor. And as long as the part is written for him, that's fine. Like, Johnny that's, Depp has more range than Tom Cruise. Well, Johnny Depp has a lot of range, actually, so that's not really saying much. Like, he has range. Oh, yeah, sir. Fear and like, Loathing in Las Vegas. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Johnny Depp is playing Johnny Depp in Las Vegas. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. That doesn't count. Johnny Depp is playing Johnny 21 Depp in Jump Las Street, sir. Wait, wait for it. <laughs> Johnny Depp, like if you look at the the breadth of Johnny Depp's career, he's got some. He's got talent, and he's he's got some range. There's what the fuck was the movie where Tom in. Cruise was the villain with Ben Affleck and or not Ben Affleck? Uh, ben <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. was playing. Oh my fucking god! My Magnolia? brain. No, no, it's a Vanilla comedy. Sky comedy. They go, they're actors, they think they're on a set. Oh, God. Galaxy Quest? Zulu? No, no, no. He's what? talking, he's talking about a Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Oh. Tropic Thunder. That is the most different thing that Tom Cruise has ever Oh, played. yeah, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. I think Affleck, I think, I think Affleck could, has the potential to pull it off. And I'm not willing to, because, you know, I was at least partially, maybe not entirely, but I was at least partially swayed by the fact that, um, People went ape shit over um, uh, Heath Ledger when he was cast as a Joker and thought he would be the worst fucking choice in the world, and he turned out to be literally the best representation of the Joker that's ever been put on screen. And I'm not necessarily saying that Affleck's going to be that drastic, that he's going to be the, like the best Batman, but as you know, as Anne brought up earlier, and I brought up before, he can't be worse than Clooney. I can't wait until like 2015 where we're like, God, we thought we'd seen everything with the, the Dark Knight Rises and everything. And Jesus Christ, I think Ben Affleck has typecast himself as Batman for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that, uh, I, I did, did think it was funny when somebody, somebody in my Twitter feed, I can't remember who it was, because the, the two things... It, 
in this weird, like, kind of parallel universe thing happened between uh, two wildly disparate audiences where uh, Ben Affleck was cast as Batman and the geek community went ape shit and started a petition to get the, to get him changed, right? <laughs> that'll matter. Fucking, yeah, no, change.org is the worst thing that's ever happened that was on to change. people's Org. outrage. Yeah. Good God. Um, this, so in, in, in the parallel universe... Um, they cast Charlie Hunnam in the lead role of the Fifty Shades of Grey movie adaptation <laughs> and the Fifty Shades of Grey uh, m- novel fans are going ape shit <laughs> saying he's the wrong person for the role. Switch them. And somebody on my Twitter feed, and I wish I could remember who it was, uh, said, if you're going out and starting a petition to to get an actor thrown out of a role they've been in, been cast in you need to take a serious look at the the priorities in your life. And that's kind of how I've gotten to this point. Like yep. I you know, when I first my gut my knee jerk reaction to Affleck was blah, 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 and then I realized that's just stupid fucking nerd outrage and like I I don't have time to be outraged about shit anymore. I I can dislike stuff and tell people it's bullshit, but so what, what I was going to say about I want to wait to see him in the movies what Affleck is I am literally incredibly disinterested. I have no idea how I'm supposed to feel about this. I don't care who plays Batman. All uh, I know is, like, we all know that it's going to be Batman versus Superman, and it's going to be shit. Yeah, that's the thing people should really be thinking about right now is they've they've rebooted the Superman franchise in a way that doesn't involve kryptonite, and they expect Batman and Superman to actually face off and be have a meaningful, like, have anything meaningful happen? That's because there's the Zantana movie coming out in between. So Batman is going to defeat Superman with magic. With Zatanna. Yeah. yeah. With Zatanna's cleavage. I'm... No, no. Uh, no, she has occult powers. <laughs> I know. Hidden in her cleavage. Top hat. <laughs> um, I think it would be compelling if they like rebooted it as like a Kabbalistic, like basically Hebrew wizard spell slinging. But... That's maybe just my right, particular intention. <laughs> men, are, men are entranced by the, the depths of Kalamala. Where is that? Right here, between my boobs. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just a, a thing you got out of... It's a necklace you got out of one of those nickel toys that came in a capsule. It's turning your cleavage green, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. I don't that's know. That's my heart chakra. I, I think that's really <laughs> the... <laughs> I think that's really the the key to this is that it's you're you're looking at what is potentially going to be a just a terrible fucking movie. So it doesn't really like, matter. It doesn't really matter who they cast as Batman because the movie's not going to be good. Guardians of the Galaxy is not going to be good. Like there's so many of these movies that people are looking forward to and they're just all they're they're going to fall apart because like even Marvel Studios look at the last round of shit they did. Like look at fucking please don't. Look at Iron Man 3. Uh mm. It's like the first 3 quarters of that movie are okay. But they're not a very good Iron Man movie, and then the last quarter of that movie is is a too many Iron Man's movie, Iron and Man's. it's fucking terrible. Iron Man three <laughs> is not how many new Iron Mans are supposed to be entered into the battle every second, <laughs> <laughs> right? I want to uh, see all the Iron Mans against all the Agent Smiths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm uh, after this last summer we we t- I t- had this conversation with Eddie like we after this summer I'm not optimistic about movies right now forever <laughs> like you need to make a doom patrol movie that's the only thing that can save this oh that this would be sorry. cool seriously yeah because <laughs> guardians of the galaxy ain't gonna do it 
I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just shaking my head. No, just no. Doom Patrol never needs to be a movie. That's also true because it would almost automatically suck. Yeah, there, there is no way that it could be done any form of not even trivial justice. Like they would probably change the names of characters. Oh God, it would go League of Extraordinary Gentlemen style. It would be like Doom Patrol with, you know, oh, I don't know. Sean Batman, uh, Batman, Iron Man. (laughs) uh, And Robot Man. That's fine. He uh, can be in there. Will Smith as Will Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Arnold Schwarzenegger. And we'll get Chuck Norris in there for Doom Patrol. Created by M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, God damn it. (laughs) All my dreams are dead. Directed by Zack Snyder. Yeah, right. Fuck. So for the last week, actually, because we recorded a week ago, we have been reading Saga by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. Uh, it is a uh, an epic sci-fi fantasy um, kind of mixture. Uh, it wh- promises it's going to be an epic sci-fi adventure following these two people. What it's going to be is a giant disappointment. <laughs> wow. So You just won't let it go, will you? Fuck that, Like dude. a spurned lover. We'll, we'll talk about that toward the end of the show. Let's actually talk about what we've read right now. It is, it's an interesting setup because the, the premise is, is a world uh, and its moon that have been at war for as long as anyone can remember. And the, the main planet is... Uh, is um, landfill. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not what it's called, but now that's what it's called. I'm yeah, thinking. yeah. The main planet is occupied by a race of humanoids that have wings, uh, and the um, the moon the moon horns. is occupied by humanoids that have horns, and those translate into effectively what, to be entirely honest, is. Um, a, a sci-fi society versus a fantasy society, if you really think yep. about it, because uh, it's like really the, the the planet side uh, winged people, which they nickname wings, of course, in the book. There's wings and horns. Wings versus horns uh, are technologically advanced. They have you know spaceships and guns and robot leaders TV and TV headed people and all this stuff. And the the horns, which are fairly satyr-like, are a magical race that that uh, use magic fairly frequently and in all its forms, and they can do all kinds of stuff with it. And the wings have technology to detect magic, which yeah, I thought was which is really cool. cool. Meshing. Um, so the story starts out uh, with. <laughs> Am I shitting on you? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, Am I shitting? It feels like I'm shitting. <laughs> if I May shit I on you, you'll never have sex with me again. <laughs> unless you're actually into that sort of thing. <laughs> please don't please, be into that. Please don't be into it. God. I appreciated that it started out with like a non mystical pregnancy. Yes. Like, good God. There have been enough mystical pregnancies to last science fiction a lifetime and make me fear breeding ever. <laughs> this was nice it's like actually just really down to earth just like yep shitting (laughs) he fucking shitting out a baby cuts the umbilical cord with his teeth that was that was pretty cool (laughs) you have a sword i promised i wouldn't draw the sword and then he starts chewing on the umbilical cord he's like a lot more gristle than i expected (laughs) 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 and she's like that's your dad yeah that uh um, the child slash narrator. Yeah, the the sh- the book is narrated by the child that's born at the beginning of the book and starts through the first six issues anyway. And I haven't read any farther than what I've read for the show. So those of you out there who who actively read Saga, be aware that we're only talking about the first six issues. We're not caught up. Uh, I don't think any of us. I'm well, not. Andy probably is caught up to nope. current. No, okay. nope. 
Um, and he's been burned one too many times. I'm, I'm right there with him, but I'm hoping you can just back the fuck off long enough to talk about what we've read, oh, and the, then we'll worry about Brian K. Yeah. Vaughn's proclivities later. That's what's that's what's going to kill me. I love this book. I fucking <laughs> love this yeah. book, and it's just going to break my goddamn heart. So I'm just stopping. Like the, I, I, like the I gun. Know, I, I no. I know where. Like you know what. This book is brilliant. It's fucking wacky. It's got all sorts of shit. This is like Umbrella Academy meets, um, oh fuck, Casanova meet like all these weird shit, you know, all over the place. There's like people with TVs for heads, and that's just normal fucking day to day shit. Yeah. Oh god, he's doing it again to Andy. <laughs> You're gonna like this, Andy. It's really cool. Yeah. Brian K. Vaughn has fucking found like the secret to my subconsciousness, and he is ripping out my dreams. He's putting them on paper, and then when he's like gets to the end where it's the good part that's gonna you know fucking the alarm make my childhood off. right, where I finally understand what's going on. He's like, oh, eh, you know what? We'll just stop with that and you know what just it's throw do? some shit. <laughs> They're gonna get to issue like fifty eight, and the last page is just gonna be a a mirror, and it's gonna have a text bubble that says Andy wake up Andy wake up Andy (laughs) (laughs) no yeah so anyway the story starts out with with um, Alana and uh, oh god what's his name what's the guy's name it's like it's like two syllables. It's a, a fucking normal. It's a normal, <laughs> normal fucking name. Uh, and it's like Lance giving birth, and then the whole thing is a, is a journey for them to try and escape the planet that they're on, which is one of the planets that has been drawn into the war between the the wings and the and the horns. Um, from there, it just kind of goes fucking weird Man. in a in a very good way. It like, turns out she is a like defected military person uh-huh. who have a bunch of people chasing after her. He was a prison that was a prisoner he that was, was a prison. He was a prison. <laughs> he was a prison. He was a prisoner that was assigned to the prison where she was a guard. Marco, yeah. wi- Marco, Polo. thank you. And then, t- <laughs> uh, and then twelve hours. They said twelve hours after he was assigned, they they vanished. Um, yeah. It uh, the writing like, I mean, we've done we've done Brian K. Vaughn stuff on the show before. We mm-hmm. did. Um, did we? Yeah, we did Runaways. Remember? Mm-hmm. And uh and it broke my goddamn heart. <laughs> no, Runaways didn't break my heart because he didn't end it. Yeah. It didn't really oh, end. Good point. Yeah. Cloak and Dagger would popped in and like, okay, so we're gonna go in a completely different direction. Yeah, and <laughs> it just kinda went, um then didn't Whedon take over Runaways for a little while? Um, like somebody somebody else famous took it over. Anyway, not important. Um Back to Saga. Back yeah. to Saga. Uh, I love the writing in this book. Like, I this is probably some of my favorite of Brian K. Vaughn's writing to date. Um, mm. Oh, for well, fuck's just sake. a prime example is it starts <laughs> off like you guys were talking about. I think I'm shitty, and he rolls that into an actual story that it, that you're reading. You know, it's like what? It's, it's such a weird non sequitur to start on. Uh-huh. And he rolls it into something that is actually related to the story. And pretty much gives you a, a really good inkling of what you're about to get into on that one page. And yeah. he's just like... The characters involved. Yeah. Cause the fact that they love each other so much. He, love each other so much that he's going to chew the umbilical cord of this baby. Yeah. That you know. she's birthed in a he's garage. In. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
exactly. Well, the, the the one thing I the one thing I really love about this story is it's filled with all these characters that are really weird. You have this prince who's got a television for a head. You have the the main characters who are one with wings and the other one with horns, and it's Romeo and Juliet because they're on two sides of of, of this war. And you have you have mice mice that are medics, and you have. Um, you have a bounty hunter that freelance bounty hunter. Uh, yeah. I love that they're called freelancers. Yeah, especially yeah. because that is what I have started calling myself because my freelance <laughs> jobs are so <laughs> random at yeah. this point. So you have you have this freelancer yeah. that's a that's a spider, but it has a torso of a, of a woman, and all these characters armless, that could be armless torso of a woman and spider legs that end in humanoid hands. Yeah, like that's that's <laughs> actually I love that stuff character. that is completely camp, but it's not. Yeah. The, yeah, the way that he uses these characters, they're fully realized, you know, and they could be campy and just come off as jokes and one-liners, but they're not. Well, the campy, the campy and jokey part of that particular character uh, is that the 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 Will, who's a, w- one of the main freelancers, who's one of the side stories, um, has at some point had uh, a relationship with this this Spider Woman thing, and just the like the concept of trying to figure out how that would work. Oh, that's the Alabama is, crab. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you need eight hands and a, yeah. a multi-segmented torso. Uh, yeah. Done. Yeah, got it. That, that's a possibility in yeah. this world. Um, also a beanie cap. <laughs> don't ask why. Son of a bitch. BKV, did you write beanie caps into your world? <laughs> beanie caps? <laughs> I've got people with TV for heads. What do they need beanie caps for? I love that the TV people like seem to have these flashes. Sometimes yeah. it's on purpose, like... The, Have you yeah, seen this the girl? The book got in trouble but because of it, kind of. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah issue seven, actually. Really? Um, there is a single panel where there's gay sex on... Uh, no, that's... Pr- it's Prince Robot the Fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On his yeah. face. And... Is like, that like when he's trying to have sex with his wife and no, has he, like a bad time? he gets time? really shocked. Oh. Uh, yeah. he, he, something shocks him. That was... We talked about this on the show. flashes across the screen. We talked oh. about this on yeah. the show because like people... What actually happened was that the book got um, pulled from Comixology temporarily. Oh. Um, and they went back and forth and back and forth for weeks, for about a week, because, of course, the first thing that people thought and that got publicized was they thought that it, uh, they were told that it violated uh, Apple's terms of service because of something that was depicted in the book. Um, mm-hmm. So it wasn't available on Comixology on any iOS device, but it was available on their website. Um, and after after the dust settled, they found out that it was actually just a, a fuck-up on somebody's part at Comixology in the submission to Apple. So... He didn't it, check a box. Yeah, it literally was wow. like they fucked something up in the submission, and nobody really knew what was going on. And a couple of people at, um, I want to say it was at Image, jumped the gun in publicizing what happened. And then the fans, of course, went apeshit <laughs> and ran with it. And then, um, and then it kind of backed off and people found out that it actually wasn't it had nothing to do with the gay sex and everything yeah which was really funny because one of the guys um that writes for ign comics uh benjamin bailey uh posted i remember getting in this discussion because he actually posted 
after that happened and people thought that it was the gay sex issue, they po- he posted the panel from this comic where uh, the Will is walking through um, uh, sec- the pleasure, the, the pleasure palace, palace place. Yeah. Um, and... <clears throat> Specifically, not the one with all the lesbian angels eating each other out, but the second panel that they show him walking through, and there's like, there's there's active penetration happening. There's it's active right penetration there. in the background. There's a girl up front with a strap on. On there is a furry in the <laughs> foreground with a bottle stuck up his ass. Like, there's all kinds of stuff in this panel, and he's like, he's I'm like, well, I'm not really sure what the problem with issue seven is. If this was here in issue number three, <laughs> so, um. Yeah, it's it's graphic. It is. Yeah, there is. Graphic. It is graphic. I think it's in the second Meh. book where there's there's a scene where they go back to. It's a flashback with Prince with Prince Fourth the Prince Four Prince Four. Prince four. Okay, Prince where Girl it goes back to this really graphic battle where he's being he's being helped out. He got shot and he's being helped out by this uh, this little mouse medic. I think it's it's not in this one. It's in the second it one. It is not in this one. Yeah. It, he gets helped out there, this little mouse medic, and um, the horns release poison gas. And they tell <laughs> and he tells the mouse guy, he's like, Hey, you need a you need a gas mask. It's like they don't issue issue us gas masks and he's oh. like, Oh god, I'm gonna die and this little mouse head just explodes. Gross. And he <laughs> Yeah. And it he's such a cute little guy and, and actually it was a woman and he's trying to help out the prince and he just sees her explode. And it kind of affects him after that. Because the whole thing about Prince is he wants to get this one mission done and capture these two that Mm -hmm. have betrayed both of their sides. And then he can return back to his wife who's, who's pregnant with his kid. Yeah. So everybody has their own motives when they're going through this, why, they, why they're chasing after this or running away from other things. I think family most, is a really interesting theme that, that traces through this, too, mm-hmm. in yeah, terms mm-hmm. of oh, yeah, the definitely. parallel parenthood between the princes, Prince Robot and the, our main characters. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the what's, – what's caught me off guard about this book so far is how much, how much stuff they're able to throw in – and I don't even bat an eye when I see it, right? Yeah, like it's effortless. It's they just toss shit at you, yeah. And it and somehow have presented it in a way that not once during maybe it's because within the first three pages you see somebody with a TV with a head fucking somebody else with a TV with a head, and then they get like this <laughs> weird image of a broken horn on their face and and then horn goes all whiskey dick on her, yeah, and. It's his subconscious. Yeah. Um, and I think that at that point, it's just like, yeah, well, they can pretty much do whatever the fuck they want in this book now. Yeah. Like they get to a point where there's a, you know, they run into a series, uh, a bunch of ghosts that have the reputation for being what are called the horrors on this planet called Cleave. And it turns out that they're just like all the ghosts of anyone who has ever died on the planet becomes like defender, spirit defenders of the planet itself. And they end up befriending one of them. Yeah. Sort of. And, who's the uh, babysitter. Yeah. Who becomes it's like fabulous. this babysitter. Yeah. Um, who's wearing a beanie cap. Yeah. And yeah. only half go. of her body. Yeah. I so far, honest to God, my favorite character in this book is Liar Cat. Yeah. Uh, Liar Cat's just awesome. Fucking Liar Cat's amazing. the one that's been merchandised. Yeah. It's really. That makes sense. You needed to be because the guy's awesome. I, j- I just love the first time you see, you know you see the cat walking around and you don't expect much and then that first time when the chick comes out to talk to the will and the cat just goes lying and, <laughs> and she's like did my cat just 
did your cat just call me a liar? <laughs> like it's a liar cat. So good. Let's let's say he uh, he doesn't really like ornamentation. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's quick and to the point. Yeah, too. And and so it takes all these conventions that that you know about sci-fi and about fantasy and just throws them out the window. It's like this is how it's going to be. You want a spaceship? Well, I'm sorry, I have a living spaceship that doesn't really I listen to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's Grown made out, out of wood. wood. You just kind of go where it goes. It's a tree, yeah, yeah. and you're just going to accept it as it, a spaceship and just it deal with it. It requires a secret to open. Yeah, 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 and that's one of the cool things about the the magic too that they all these magic spells require different things, and they there's not a lot of exposition that has to explain the world. He just kind of you're in the world and you just have to pick this stuff up. There's yeah. obviously consistency of rules, though. So yeah. I don't oh yes, it. there is. The consistency of the rules is that you know. This is how things are. We're not going to bother explaining it. It's how it's been mm-hmm. in this world forever. Yeah, well, and Deal spells with it. seem to require yeah. stuff. I mean, okay, yeah, there, there is their own rules, but yeah. uh, as far as yeah. like you know, the viewer passively seen into the thing, I think that is if a writer starts out a situation and just has you know weird stuff and never really, it, you just you know, this is how this works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like going to a language class that's There's, immersive where the teacher never speaks English. Yeah, it's very similar to the way that we d- we talked about on comeback wh- how. You know, if you if you're doing time travel, you either explain the living fuck out of it, or, or you, you don't. just don't. You just yeah. don't explain anything, and it becomes okay, right? Yeah. You just kind yeah. of the reader just accepts it, and that's the same way it is, especially with, um, like more so the magic in this book than the technology. The technology, I, I'm a little, I'm a little, meh. I'm a little weirded out by the TV faced guys, only because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like. Why? 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 See, and exactly, why not? Right? But, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because that's the way it's been. Because they make, they even make a comment um, in the very beginning when the two TV face people are having sex, and the guy, uh, the guy goes limp, and his girlfriend makes it, or wife or whoever makes a comment about um, about his new leg. Or something, and, and it's like know, they s- obviously replace parts. Yeah, they replace parts. It's clear, and it's it's one of those, th- and that's the kind of comment that it's like. It draws me into the world because it doesn't try to explain it. Yeah. Because I don't, you know, if I'm reading about characters, those characters aren't going to fucking explain shit to me <laughs> like I'm the watching married, their lives. The married couple who understands how this race works isn't going to see the broken horn and be like, "Well, obviously, because your subconscious, you know, bothered you a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Yeah. That's why, honey." No, yeah. I loved when Prince Four is inter- is uh, interrogating the horn in the in the prison, and the horn laughs at him and like makes a comment about some battle that he was in at some point, and like makes fun of him, and he just stops and goes static, like, and then flips the fucking table and nails the guy to the wall. <laughs> just like yeah. uh, that's. And and you know that that's the whole reason why they wrote those characters that way is just for moments like oh, that, yeah. right? It's like oh, we're gonna have TVs for faces because yeah. now we can put whatever the fuck we want on their faces. <laughs> why bother drawing a facial expression when we can tell you exactly what this person is thinking? <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah. I like the like weird non sequitur subconscious imagery that you can stick in there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and and a prime example of that is you're you're talking about that the horn makes fun of the prince because the, he they just got destroyed in this battle mm-hmm. and later on in the second book he does they go back and explain that battle so it's not something that oh you have to do a flashback immediately when that happens uh, they it's uh, it's something it's like plot point that they bring on later on mm-hmm. and all that stuff is um 
I just love how it's all thread together. Well, one of the things I really, it really evokes in me is, is Star Wars. Because Star Wars is more, as opposed to Star Trek, which is more like hard science, science yeah. fiction. Original this is Star more, Wars. yeah. Original Star Wars is mythical, is like mythical science yeah, fiction, yeah, yeah. magical science fiction, right? And it got ruined in Episode One when they explained that midichlorians. never happened. Yes, yeah. As soon as you say that and you give an explanation to something that didn't need an explanation, mm-hmm. you kind of ruin. And that. that was the whole. That, that to me was all of Episodes One through Three was just explaining shit that we didn't that we never needed explained. In the first place, yeah. But I agree. It's it's it was you know, it is a classic space opera, right? Mm-hmm. And in so much as that, yeah. it is not. They're not trying to be hard science fiction. They're not trying to be fucking Heinlein here. They're trying to do something a little whack job and show kind of bio of a space tyrant with a TV for a head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there is there is. There is not much harder sci-fi than fucking Bio of a Space Tyrant. I mean, that's some that is some hardcore shit. I think that's probably going to be the most esoteric reference I ever make on this <laughs> show. <laughs> like the one person who understood that is like, huh? I I understood it. I love that series. That's one of my favorites. For any, for anybody who wants some hard fucking hardcore sci-fi, Bio of a Space Tyrant is is it. If you want to read something better, read Starship Troopers. Yeah, different. Anyway, yeah. Um, I'm 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 a big fan so far. Like this book is just yeah. uh, it's phenomenal. Now, go ahead. What do you make of the I mean the bit of exposition that we do get in the story is Hazel the baby's like retrospective narration. What mm-hmm. do you make of that? I enjoy it because it's not there's not too much, right? She's just kind of being like I got to live through this because of these guys. Mm-hmm. And they it's I do like that it's not, you know, it's it's neat to have that narrator so you know where the story's coming from, but then yeah. you're not you're also not getting, you know, she's not just completely expository. She's it's not, true. you know. I think she gives gives me faith that there is a purpose to any elements that may seem weird at the time. Mm-hmm. It does give a good a really yeah. good way to introduce relationships of characters. And yeah. that happened at the very end of this trade, actually, because that was, it was really neat that, you know, they, they take off on the, the ship made of wood and they're flying through space. It detects that they detect that there's a magical field happening. Somebody teleports onto the ship and then uh, spoilers for anybody who hasn't read this yet. Uh, uh, the last line is, and that's when my grandparents came to live with us. <laughs> and it's like, it's that very, it's, it's one line. It's super easy. And now, without having to go into the long history, without having to have a huge set of character dialogue after those characters show up, now you know who they are and you could just move on. You could be like, okay, let's, let's move on with this relationship from, from that point forward. And I appreciate that that's such an ordinary sentence that you would find in so many people's memoirs. Yeah. Except in context, it's totally wacky. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because they're there with swords. They're there with swords drawn, just ready to kill whoever had broken the sword. Yeah, right. So yeah, it's, uh, it's whoever so broken the sword, and then they they show up, and the the Marco just holds out the baby, and blah blah blah, in whatever language, and their only word is, oh. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, and it's and the the second book goes into that too, where um, they they're talking about the parents meeting. First, their sister, their daughter-in-law, for the first time, mm-hmm. and the whole situation. And this is still a war, and there's still, you know, uh, the horns against the wings. So they don't exactly know how to take this this foreign girl as their new daughter-in-law. 
and there's a little conflict obviously from mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. too yeah um and then later on uh there's a there's a scene which is so great because the prince is still he loses the track of of the two because they're gone on the ship and so he he reads this book that is the reason why they've got together in the first place. Mm-hmm. Do they do the is the first book the romance he novel? Starts the romance it novel. During okay. This one. Okay. So they kind of explain the romance novel and the reason why these two get together is because of this one book and how that book draws them together is is pretty it's that they have not it's explained. A good, yeah. I know they explain so. they explain that in the second book, but the, the f- how they do it, it's not hokey. It's not like when Harry met Sally or something like that's that. That's nice. It's when Harry just met they, Sally is amazing. I, <laughs> but that's but they just kind of like fall together over a long time. This is how they find something in common, and you really feel the kismet between the two. You know the connection that they both have, which which I think is kind of genuine and. So Prince is still chasing after these characters. So he goes and finds the author. And the scene with the author and the prince is alike inglorious bastards. You know, don't, you know. don't, 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 don't. I'm not. Actually, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. I'm just saying there's a lot of tension there because the prince, obviously, wherever he goes, he's going to do whatever it takes to take people out. I mean, with the yeah. horn before, he flips over the table, beats the guy's face in. Um, so and it's this whole scene that has a lot of tension in it and it's great yeah i i mean this is the first time where i read a trade through the first one and immediately had to buy the second one because yeah. I, I had to see where this was all going um so i i and this is this is where andy and i now get to talk about our our um we've been wounded he's gonna break my goddamn heart we've been we've been <laughs> we've been he, he makes me fall in Brian love with has again. cut us deep uh because multiple times yeah so i i this is the farthest i've read into saga i bought the first two issues originally and i read them and um i had i had exactly the same reaction as andy had where i was like this is really good i can't collect this in single issues because brian k vaughn's just gonna fucking destroy me um so having read through the first trade, I had the same exact reaction as you. I'm like, fuck, I really want to read the second trade. Mm. But the more I think about Wait, it, the more... Are you talking I'm about like, uh, Ex Machina or Saga or... Which why one? the Last Man. Why, why the Last Man. Ex Machina, yeah. The second season of Lost. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and that's my problem. Is, and it's a shame because Brian K. Vaughan is a talented writer. He really is. Mm. On a individual basis he creates great <laughs> things he creates the world but building can't, can't fucking you can't close and comic books are for closers yeah <laughs> you're it's you're just, saying like, you keep having a moment where the tv flashes with a broken horn and, uh, yeah and you leave unsatisfied and i just can't and and it, it actually it actually um it actually prov- is flat out preventing me from buying this anytime before it's it's finished and collected um i so this is what borrow feels like uh, yeah we'll get there i actually want to talk about the art before we get too into that but i i just wanted to give andy and i a chance to be like this is all the 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 reason i'm not buying this book is brian kavon's fault so I, i will try and keep this relatively short because luke did cover most of the bases 
the problem that I really have with Brian K. Vaughn is, I don't know if you guys remember this from, I think, two years ago at Emerald City when we were, there was the Brian K. Vaughn, like, single-page ad within the, the Emerald City Comic Con thing where he's like, the first the thing that I love is, you know, first panel, first page. I'm like, that's the only fucking thing you love. <laughs> that and making me suffer, you goddamn son of a bitch. First panel, first page is great, but it's got to go somewhere. It, yeah, there, there needs, he has got this am- amazing ability, like, I want to see him come up with, like, you know, hooks or you know yeah this planet's going to be filled with tv face people and rocket cars and this that what are you gonna do with it oh, that's what you figure out yeah right yeah let somebody else but write the end here, here's the idea is you do a story with it yeah that's what i want to see because <laughs> i mean yeah. there are very 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 few people that can write stuff that have as much diversity and that are i feel are new like this on in my opinion is along the lines of umbrella academy or um fuck 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 uh Casanova, I'm going to mention those both again. Yeah. Because they have their own rules, and things just happen because they happen. Six-Gun Gorilla is another one. Mm-hmm. Like, but Umbrella Academy and Casanova, there's a, they're going places. There's yeah. a distinct beginning, middle, and you know th- there are individual ends for arcs. With Ex Machina and Why the Last Man, there was like a distinct beginning, a middle, and then well, the book's over. What, where, where, what was the end? Oh, that was the end. That's not an end. That's just a that's a yeah. sub note. It's a footnote. Well, that's how I felt with Ex Machina, definitely. Ex Machina was just like building, 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 building. Shit, we've got to end it. Uh, nah. And then Why the Last Man was actually, it was a five-issue ending, and it was fucking awful. Like I can't actually remember how it ended, and that's He fine. kicks the, the other cube into hell, the <laughs> portal that appeared, right. and then he becomes president. Yeah. That's, that's Ex Machina. Yeah. Ex Machina. Yeah, I mean, for thing why? for why the last why? man? Like, oh. I know I read that ending. He escapes. Yeah, he escapes. And but it seemed like suddenly everything was awesome, and I have no idea why. And no, I'll and I'll, I'll give you an exact example of why that ending awesome is such. Is why I have such a problem with that ending is that that's what everyone says, right? This book was not about him getting captured or escaping or whatever shit that happens. But every time I t- this book was about a fucking disease that killed every male on the planet except for Yorick, and it was about the plight of humanity. Humanity to try and fucking bring males back into the race so that didn't. we could continue, they right? They, so that they we clone can, him. so that, right? Sure, fine. Bringing it, and that never resolves properly. And the reason why it's a pro, why I have a problem is that when everybody talks about the ending to that book, no one ever says, "Well, this is how they resolved the overarching issue that was a problem for the book." They always say. Oh, he fucking jumped out the window. I was like, Jesus Christ, that's not the ending. That's not the... Oh, my God. There is no ending. That's I know. the problem. It's like, okay, so... He kills s- off random people. It makes no sense. They don't solve the problem. 47 they never, gets shot. They never figure out... What her name is? Yeah, they never figure out whatever happened, Right. Like, that's the biggest problem. They're like, they go, they, they start, you know, they find one thing, turns out to be a red herring. They find another thing, it's another red herring. They finally find something that could have been what actually happened. And then they're like, uh, we were just leading you on. That's all bullshit because we don't actually know how to end this book. And that's really, that's really what is, it's, it's those two books that have ruined me for Brian K. Vaughn's stuff and are actually... <laughs> Costing Image and Fiona Staples my money. Um, speaking of Fiona Staples, can we talk about Fiona Staples? Can we talk about Fiona Staples? Fiona Staples. So, 
I've said on the past, I've said in the past when I've discussed this book and I'm, um, that I was not, I was not very impressed with Fiona Staples art. Really? Um, hold on. Um, just give me, give me some build up here. Uh, the first, Broken I read the first, list. I read the first two issues of this book and I wasn't, wasn't really f- I didn't think it was phenomenal I don't think her arts I di- didn't think okay taking only the first two issues I didn't think her art was bad by any means I thought it was overhyped a lot of people went ape shit over Fiona Staples art thought it was the best thing they'd ever seen and I'm like it's good it's not the best thing since sliced bread but it's decent she gets way the fuck better over the course of this first arc like her art visibly changes in quality from issues one to issue six. And by the time you get to issues five and six, I'm, I'm convinced like I love Fiona Staples art in this book. Um, there's a few spots where it seems a little, maybe a little weak, but like, um, but, uh, but every artist has those pages, right? Um, I'm, I'm my mind, my mind has been changed. Oh no, Fiona Staples. I'm I'm just saying I I love it too. But I'm wondering is it the case that BKV has has set this world out where it's just a playground where you can make pretty much anything. I mean, just look at that that uh, the pornographic planet or sure. world they were on. It was pretty much anything is like okay, think of the most obscene things you can ever think of and just draw it. I'd be really curious to know what the script looks like. Like yeah. consider yeah. the the pornographic palace, like how much of that is whom. Yeah. Yeah. Though I mean just from a purely a craft perspective. And there's so much world building in these tiny mm. details. I want to know if he's writing like Alan Moore style scripts where you know that Alan Moore is like this is exactly in which position these two angels will be giving each other head or whatever <laughs> <laughs> reading reading like um interviews and articles about this book i get the i get the impression it's way more of a collaborative nice. where fiona staple it's you know it's just as much fiona staples book as it is as it is bkv's awesome. and one of the things that i like about that you know you say he she, you know he she's got this playground where she can do whatever the fuck she wants with the art mm. but sometimes that can be the downfall of a lot of artists where they um you True. know they they might be able to render things well but maybe not design them so well so when they're given a playground it just looks kind of bland yeah she she does not fall into that trap like the two of them together and Fiona Staples specifically as the artist have designed a world that like everything everything looks like it has a place everything you know fits you know she her character designs don't ever seem out of place or over the top or like really like they don't ever pull me out of the story. Again, it's one of those things that I was saying earlier where I just accept shit, and she does, part of that is because of her art. She does a phenomenal job of making anatomy for non-normal things look yeah. normal. Yeah, um, totally. She takes the absurd and makes them look like that's how things are supposed to be, yeah. Yeah. both as yeah. far as like the physical design of the characters and the creatures. Because if you think about it, you know, a human with goat horns, that's kind of silly, mm-hmm. but she makes it work. Okay, you've got a giant sex TV palace, right? That's, <laughs> yeah. You know, most people are going to come up with something that's like 30% Las Vegas, 30%... Videodrome. <laughs> Strunberg, um, and 40% The Far Side. Yeah. It's yeah. just going to be wacky, and it's it's going to be off. Like, her architecture is solid. 
Her mm-hmm. concept is solid. Her perspectives are really good. She does an excellent job of giving a viewpoint for the scene yeah. that accentuates exactly what the panel needs to focus on. Yeah. The she, horns don't all look like Mr. Tumnus. Nope. Yeah, exactly. No. They no. and they're different too. Yeah. Like one character I love is the is the babysitter. I can't remember her name, but she's com- yeah, yeah, she's yeah. written completely adorable, and she's pink, and she's got this nice the beanie cap. Yeah, the beanie cap, yeah. and has no nose, so she's really adorable, like a little button nose, literally. But also, she's completely macabre because there's no lower half. And some yeah. intestines. And and the intestines hanging out there, too. So you have this cartoon she character. She stepped on the landmine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, she did. I um, With the big ears. She's just like the big a, ears and the no-nos. Yeah. And those, yeah. yeah. She's like, oh, she's so adorable. But I, with intestines. One of the intestines. One of the things that I think that um, Fiona Staples ex- does exceedingly well in this book is is body language. Yep. Like I've just been amazed at like how the bearing of characters actually comes across on the page. Come be it from like you compare Marco to Alana to Prince Four to the Will and they all have silhouettes look different. Yeah, the silhouettes yeah. look different and their their bearing and their stances look different and the way that their body language conveys their emotion is is simple and effective. Mm. And I, I'm um, I used to not think I, it's not that I didn't think highly of Fiona Staples art, but I thought she was overhyped. But now, man, I'm I'm a 180 degree turnaround. She's kind of good. Yeah, once, once you get to yeah, once you get to once you get to the sixth issue or fifth or sixth issue, ever like the first issue. To be honest, if you look at them side by side, the first issue actually looks, um, for lack of a better term, unfinished. Maybe like, she's rough. getting into the style. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it looks kind of rough. And then it, somewhere around issue three, it, it seems to click for her. And she's um, just like, oh, I get this now. And then she's... So I saw something re- relatively similar in North 40. And what I think that does is it gives her time to take what... like. So let's say you know she writes an issue... And then she sees it on the shelf and she starts getting feedback about stuff, what people like, what they don't like. If you lock in those like very hard and fast, like, you know, the guy's actually six feet tall. He's got a specific type yeah. of nose as opposed to leaving it just a little bit out there where it's more your imagination. When you come back to that sort of thing, you can figure out what works for as the story develops. Mm-hmm. So if you give, you know, not a 100% super clean line at the beginning, you can let the character develop on their own. Yeah. As opposed to forcing your viewpoint of the character. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's how she works, but it's just something that I thought would yeah. make sense. Well, I, I think she's she has succeeded in turning my opinion of her around. Fucking um, North 40. And but, but not Brian, huh? Not BKB. Um, that's, that's, that's the thing. Um, I, I know people who are BKV fans who have been disappointed with his endings. They're not as... They're not as adamantly angry about them as i am but people who were like yeah yeah x machina's ending was kind of lame or um or why the last man they'll be like oh you escaped yeah what else happened Did um, they explain the thing uh, uh he escaped but that's so the, i know but that's for me that's the setting yeah it it, it wasn't it wasn't an ending to the story he was telling, which was did not answer the major dramatic question. Yeah. of the work, there was so. no hero's journey. There was a hero's journey. There was yeah. there was a hero's journey. It just didn't journey. answer the major dramatic question. Yeah. Um. So, 
that being said, you know, we've talked about the writing, we've talked about the art, we've talked about um, what we like and dislike about it. So we'll go into buy, borrow, burn. Start with Anne. I would buy it. I don't even care. Brian K. Vaughn has not ruined my dreams forever. I would buy the crap out of it. Joel? Why is it? Why are we going this way? Well, because we're going go to go because they want to be cranky yes. last. Y- yes, exactly. I feel the same way. I am going to buy it. I, I love I know, it. Andy, All chill out. You know what, Andy? Stop pointing because I'm still talking. Love it. <laughs> buy, buy it. Sleep with it. Make it your own. I'm going to buy it's it a, even though. Roll it up and stick it in a bottle and put it up your ass. Not that. If you're into that sort of thing and if the bottle but has a flanged base. That's true. <laughs> Erica Moen's anal safety snails remind you, use lots of lube and go slow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I learn something new every day. Lube. I'm going to go ahead and say a solid borrow. I would not say burn because the way that it the, the story so good. is good it's it is a good story so far mm-hmm. and that's all i'm willing to give it <laughs> i'm willing to give it the so far okay so, so i'm willing to say borrow is because i will read this without paying for it um and then if i read it to the end without paying for it and it turns out that the ending does not crush my soul then I would consider buying it in hardcovers like I did with Why the Last Man because I love having hardcover trades. But he's got a lot of fucking work to do to make sure that it doesn't crush my soul at the end. So I'm gonna I'm a very solid borrow. Okay, so th- this book is all about the meta for you. It's not the book itself. It's everything around the book. It's knowing it's, the storyline may. It's a lack of trust in the creators. That's okay. the thing. Like if I if I read a book that I don't fucking like, I'm not going to read books by that author anymore. <laughs> yes, but if so, you read a book that you do fucking like, but you don't like the author, you'll just borrow it, kind of. Well, I mean, no, it's I I actually separate um I I'm I wildly separate art from their art art from the artists that okay. created it, which is why I can still love Ender's Game and which is why I'm still going to go watch the Ender's Game movie because I like what it's about. I f- I think fucking Orson Scott Card is a as a terrible fucking uh refuse. Yeah, he's 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 a he's a fucking ass streak of a human being he's a terrible terrible person but i like ender's game and i'm gonna go watch the movie because i want to go see the movie yeah. um and I, I can tell you it's gonna be horrible that's not because of harrison ford eh, that's not what that's not my problem here my problem with this book is not the creator because okay. i don't have a problem with brian cave on i have a problem i have a problem with his creations mm. and the way that they pan out so like if i don't like if i don't like a, an artist i'm not gonna buy their art if i don't like a writer i'm not gonna buy their books and so in this case i like 80 percent of what fucking brian k vaughn does but the last 20 percent of everything he does ruins it for me so andy bye borrow burn bye <laughs> what? <laughs> i knew it omg what so, the fuck uh, barbecue so Brian, Brian K. Vaughn has broken my heart multiple, multiple times, and I feel like a battered spouse. Get up, get <laughs> back on that horse, Andy. I would prefer if Fiona Staples was still doing North Forty. That being said, I think this is probably one of the best books on the market right now, and is one of the best books of 2012. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit upset. 2013 too. Well, I'm. Yeah, actually, Jesus, it's yeah. almost over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like honestly. You can read this trade and have no problems ending it where it is. And as long as the trades continue in that fashion where it's like, okay, that's where the story ends. Is, you know, That's where she meets her grandparents. You know what? Obviously, she made it out. 
So, you, you know, you assume things worked out okay. End of story. I, I'm not looking for an overarching meta. I don't give a fuck. I know I'm just going to be crushed around issue 60. Uh, so this but, is like going on date after date with a person you know will inevitably ba- break your heart, but like living in the now as oh, much as you yeah. can. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what? I'm living that goddamn dream and enjoying every minute of it. Yeah. Because eventually right. it's going to kick you in the balls. Well, I mean, that basically just ends up telling everybody exactly what everybody's already know already what everybody already knows is to go fucking buy Saga. Yeah. Because it really is just amazing. But uh, my personal proclivity is that I'm going to avoid it, and I'm because you know what's going to happen is that even I'm not going to read it all the way through. I'm going to wait. It's going to finish, and then. Somebody who's a Saga fan is going to be like, dude, it really did end awesome. It was really fucking cool. And I'm going to go buy the hardcovers, and I'm going to read the first four hardcovers and think it's awesome. And then the last hardcover, I'm going to get the last five issues and be like, what the fuck? And they're going to go, psych! And I'm going to be like, we just told oh, you. well, I just, I just bought all the hardcovers. 47 people so. committed suicide. The ending was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Saga, Saga is... Up to up till this point is spectacular. It's as a really really fucking good book. What, the, what this it actually continues. proves is that, as the listeners know, Luke has common sense. I don't. <laughs> Finally, the plan is after episode fifty-two, which is all about secret 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 squirrel. Secret squirrel. <laughs> secret squirrel. <laughs> episode fifty-two. The next episode after this, we are going to do the new fifty-two, the first trade of the new fifty-two version of Suicide Squad, which will be followed um, by episode one. <laughs> right. Uh, we're hopefully going to uh, have actually actually have Eddie on that episode since that was his suggestion. Uh, but uh, and we haven't planned out episodes fifty. One through fifty four yet. Uh, we'll get we'll get those out. Uh, this 52, is fifty one. Fifty two through fifty four. Okay. Well, what through fifty six. <laughs> the future. I've already shouted I've mystery. already gone to sleep. Uh, we have not figured out what we're doing after Suicide Squad. We will figure that out and let you guys know on episode fifty two or before. If you follow our Twitter feed, which is Trade Secrets at Trade Secrets Pod, I am at Geek Elite on Twitter and is at Ann Bean Tweets on Twitter. Joel is at Superfly. Uh, Andy is at Mathtastrophe. Eddie is now Grape Doctor. That's uh, G-R-A-P-E-D-R. Yeah, which there was some confusion because he said Grape Doctor and uh, somebody went, what What Doctor? <laughs> grape Doctor with a G. It's a purple G- whistle. Grape Doctor. Uh, <laughs> it's a because, grape whistle. Because I guess his uh, Samba Black account, he got locked out and cannot get back in cannot they won't send him fucking emails they won't nothing he just can't get back into account so he created a new one yeah because they probably think it's sambo black yeah probably mm. yeah um you can also if you would like to participate in the show you can send us an email at trade secrets at geekerific.com you can hit up our facebook page at facebook.com slash trade secrets podcast uh we like to do this book club style so if you guys have questions about the new 52 suicide squad please send them to us so that we can talk about it on the show we can answer your questions comments uh anything like that um we are just so everyone's aware, there will be a pretty big break in the show coming in November uh, because I am going to be out of the country for three and a half weeks. And as everyone knows, um, I am the worst person for editing <laughs> and assembling podcasts. And I, I, and I was hey, say, Eddie, let's, let's record a podcast during that time, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I got boost. Let's yeah, go. Let's do it. 
So this is great, and I'm likely not even going to have internet in Australia, so it's not like I could do it while I'm there and post it. So, um, in any case, uh, I'll have internet, and guess what? I will not be able to do it yeah, or post it. No, no kidding. When are we going to see everything is ruined forever, uh, Anne? When in a magical happen? land, <laughs> mm. magical land of me getting my act together. <laughs> So, um, cute montage. Anyway, look forward to uh, our episode on Suicide Squad. It's uh, the the clever, clever idea of doing a new Fifty Two book for fi- episode Fifty Two. I think "look forward" is optimistic. To be completely <laughs> honest, <laughs> it is in the future, so it's technically accurate. Ah, there you go. Yeah, see, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't think it'll be better than Catwoman, though. So. Oh, this is true. This yeah. is true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh well, Say now or meow. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for coming out on a on an evening Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. Evening, <laughs> it's you a Wednesday. jobless fuck. <laughs> uh, on a Wednesday evening, thank you for letting us use your apartment, Andy. Get out. You've been asleep for four fucking days, so what does it matter? Uh, thank you, Joel, for joining yeah. us. Uh, okay. One of these days, we'll uh, actually get Eddie. Eddie is unfortunately uh, buried in schoolwork on weekdays now, so he's having a tough tough time getting up on the show. Uh, but we will get him back for episode 52. Uh, this has been episode 51, all about Saga. We're yeah, up. yeah, we're good. Yeah. We're up. Work it harder, make it better, do it faster, makes us stronger, more than ever. After hour, work is never over. Work it harder, make it better, do it faster, makes us stronger, more than ever.